comes up I'm driving when the sun goes down The hum of 18 wheels Lord, that's a lonely sound I spend all day Chasing that old white line I've been on the road so long I've lost track of time Now it don't matter where I'm going I just gotta drive I have the white line fever Till the day that I died I said 18 wheels rolling on the road It is my life 18 wheels rolling on the road Hey friends, this is Chaplain Gary Rayburn of Lonesome Road Ministry. Our website is lonesomeroad.org or you can call us at 618-383-2107. That's my partner, Fred Mooney. And I am so excited about being here with you. Yeah, we're going to enjoy this ride today with our friends and family out there on that old lonesome road. We got some great music on our program today. And we have personal testimonies. And maybe just a little bit of preaching. All right, and thy words shall be a witness unto you today. So buckle up, relax, and hold on tight, because here we go. Church on the Road, right here on your favorite radio station. my life and my partner's life fred mooney hi i'm glad to be here with you in the cab hey buddy we got a great guest today we've got chuck helms with us today and he's part of roger barkley jr's redemption band and they travel all over the country these are some of the busiest guys i've ever met you're gonna love chuck helms well we want to welcome you chuck i'm glad to be here all right. Well, Chuck, you're going to share your testimony with us today. Talk about a little bit about uh, Roger Barkley Jr. and uh, the Redemption Band, and then we're going to put a song on by Roger Barkley. Okay. You know, I've known Roger close to 40 years. He is working at Georgetown College when I was working in the fire service. Uh, I spent 40 years in fire and emergency services, and um uh, We've known each other and just had a just a really good friendship and relationship. And uh, after I retired and things in my life changed significantly. And uh, so uh, Roger and I would go down to the church and just sing a little bit and just have a good time and so forth. And next thing I know, it, uh, it blossomed into a really great uh, ministry and uh, it, you know, it's, it's such a pleasure to to 
be able to work with somebody like Roger and, and, and go out and minister to other people. Well, tell us, uh, Chuck, what song are we going to hear from Roger Barkley Jr. and the Redemption Band? How about What Happened? I think that's a great idea. We're going to play that for the listeners right now. Say, hey, I'm a Christian. 
That's Roger Barkley, Jr. and the Redemption Band, and we've got Chuck Helms with us today. He is part of the Redemption Band. So, Chuck, go ahead and share your heart with the listeners out there. I'll be glad to. You know, I I grew up in a little town of Marion, North Carolina. Growing up, my family did a lot of singing, a lot of traveling, and uh, always enjoyed it. But uh, as it got a little older, uh, things changed. You know, as much as I love my dad, my dad was a hard man. He was he was uh, verbally abusive, physically abusive, and many times, um, as we were somewhere, it wasn't uncommon. You would think you were doing something good, and then he'd take you outside and verbally berate you, and then it wasn't nothing to get slapped across the face or get hit. Sometimes just beat, and that included my sister. So, um, you develop a complex. Of course nothing, you do. Nothing's never good enough. When you think you've done good, you haven't. And if you think you've done bad, obviously you did bad. So, going, on, going further on into it, uh, after him and my mom uh, divorced, I stayed with my mom. And we lived with, our grandparent, with my grandparents and... Uh, Life was so much different. I never heard my dad tell me very much he loved me. Never heard him tell me he was proud of me. And 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 today I still struggle with that. Uh, so, how old was you when you went to live with your grandparents? Uh, Eleven. Eleven. Yeah. Well, that's a formidable age for sure. Yes. And things changed so much for the better. My grandfather was always telling me he, he was proud of me, telling me always do the right thing. My grades came up. There was no pressure. Just he, his words were, be you. So mom and I would travel some and sing together. And in 1976, my dad had actually, I hadn't seen him in several years, and he came back to town. I made a decision that I still regret today. 
he wanted me to come stay with him a few weeks in Kentucky. And I was sort of yes, no. Talked about things we could change, things that could happen. So the night I left, I really hurt my grandfather. Uh, He thought it was a bad decision. Looking back on it, it's probably twofold. It is and it isn't. Um, But little did I know, because we were so close, we did so many things together, little did I know after I left a couple weeks, he had a heart attack. No one called and told me about it. And then um, I tried to call and I could never get nobody. I couldn't get my mom. I couldn't get a hold of anybody that mattered. So he wound up passing in 1977. This was 1976 when this happened, late 1976. So anyway, 46, 47 years later, I'm still in Kentucky. But however, growing up and and did enjoy church because my family, that's all we knew every time the church stores opened. And so I thought, you know, men God's got it made. You know, he's everything's okay. So I got married a year after high school, went to church for, for a while, but then Sundays came and somebody, you want to go to the lake? Yeah. Well, you know, I can... I can probably miss today and and go. Um, The next Sunday, something else came up. So the next thing you knew, I was out of church. Just gets easier and easier, doesn't it? It it just got so easy. Yeah. It wasn't, you know, I just didn't even think about it. Right. Well, in the meantime, um, moving on, um, we got got married, and uh, we had a good marriage. Life was good. And church, I didn't think nothing about it because Sunday was just another day. Anyway, my life began to change in 2015. Now, granted, up to this point, I wasn't a Christian. I was selfish. And I always said I was never going to be like my dad. Yeah. Physically, I wasn't. But verbally, I was. And we, even though we had a good marriage, we had our ups and downs just like everybody. But Thanksgiving Day of 2015, a few weeks prior to that, she hadn't been feeling really good. But they they did some tests and said, you, you've got a touch of pneumonia. So they were treating her. So that day, that evening, she came home in the afternoon. My son come in and said, Dad, Mom can't walk. And I said, what do you mean she can't walk? He said, her, she, her leg is killing her. She's in tears. So I went out to the car and I brought her in. And as soon as I saw her leg, I knew I was in trouble. She had thrown a blood clot. So I uh, took her to the hospital. Called, I called the doctor on the way, and uh, he said, I was afraid of that. I, I was afraid something else was going on. Well, that evening... Uh, after tests, they said they seen stuff that didn't look good, and it turned out to be lung cancer. Oh, wow. So we do all the tests that need to be done, and they uh, and they confirmed what we didn't want to hear. She, was, she had stage 4 lung cancer. Wow. 
we do the tests and then we go through and do all the uh, treatments, double chemos for, for six weeks, single chemos, and it just goes on and on. So this was in January and then um, May, June, July, we did a lot of things together. We, we, you know, did things we enjoyed doing, camping, whatever it was. But they told me, they said, now when this comes back, it's coming back with vengeance. Mm -hmm. The doctor said, I hope she's got four or five years. He said, we're going we're gonna to be aggressive. Um, August came, the cough came back. Started getting worse. So Labor Day weekend, she struggled, she struggled to breathe. So I took her in on Tuesday after Labor Day, and they thought she had a blockage, but it wasn't a blockage. The lung cancer had metastasized. So we transferred to the university hospital because they felt like if it was a blockage, that's the best place to be. So the physician met us there. He come in, he said, look, it's metastasized. The cancer has come back. He said, our hopes are we're going to get her in ICU, get her to the floor. We're going to get her home. On Wednesday evening, he came and got me, and he said, I know what I told you, but in the meantime, she's never going to leave the hospital. So on Friday night at 11.09, she passed. To say my world had yeah. pretty much died with her, it did. Yeah. Now, granted, during our marriage, we had a great marriage, but we had our ups and downs. Oh, I think all marriages do, yeah. And when I said earlier about being selfish, yeah. it was my way or the highway. If I didn't like something, didn't like what she said, I'd lock up. I might not speak to her for two or three days. I might not, I might not even have a conversation for a week. So now I've lost the person that I truly loved, However, to sit here and say I wouldn't speak to her, and you, you start wondering, you know. Yeah. But um, anyway, get through all this, and the day of the funeral, or as soon as funeral is over, I got really angry. I said, God, how could you do this to me? You blessed me for a 40-year career of fighting fires, running into burning houses, riding EMS, trying to save those in need. But you took the one person away from me. How? Why would you do this? I got mad at my sons. I got mad at everybody in the family because I was selfish. I went home to an empty house. Everybody else went home with somebody. When I look back, how I acted, I might have wasted three or four years by not, not talking because we and I assumed that we'd have life forever, or at least for a long, lot longer than we did. To give up almost 40 years of marriage was not an easy thing. And I have so many regrets of being that person that I was 
but wasn't. And I don't want to use the excuse, well, I saw it in my dad. Because I made the choice I wasn't going to be like that. So to save the next year or so was tough. I considered suicide. I went to a bridge there, not far. Well, actually, it was in the community when I first moved there, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. And uh, it goes across the Kentucky River. It's about 550 feet. I've been down there several times in my career getting others that, that had done it. And I'm sitting there, and I, you know, I don't have nothing to live for. It, what I had is gone. You know, I didn't consider my sons. I didn't consider my, my grandchildren. And as I'm sitting there looking at the water, I hear a voice. And it's my grandson, Eli. And he's saying, Gramps, what are you doing? What about me? What about Dad? And I, I froze. And I know that was God. So I finally got myself together, went back home, said, I've got to change. And I hit, I hit my knees. And I said, God, I need you. I need you to change my life. I need, I need you to help me now. And uh, so things started to change. And a chaplain friend of mine that was on the department where I was fire chief told me about a program that was starting at the church called Celebrate Recovery. Mm, yeah, great program. Great program. It's, it is. It is really great. And uh, he told me a little bit about it, and you know, he said it's to, it's to, to work with people that's got alcohol addiction, uh, drug addictions, uh, overeating, anger. You name it. And I thought, well, you know. My career, I've had to deal with drug, drug, drug addicts and alcohol issues. Maybe I can help. You know, boy, did I have it wrong. <laughs> so I, I did the program, did the twelve step study, and became the ministry one of the ministry ministry leaders. But what I came to find out, that program was about me. My anger, all the things that I had done in my life that I wish I'd never done. It was hard to sit there and spill out about me mm -hmm. to people I didn't know. But it was also the same for them, to, you know, to me and that they didn't know. That's the first step to recovery is admitting that you have a problem to someone else. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I was embarrassed. Of course you were. I didn't want to admit it. Um, but you know, it was, it was the greatest choice I ever made. So I got to work with a lot of great people. One of the other... Maybe one of the hardest parts was doing my own inventory. You know, they tell you to balance your, you know, 
you're you're supposed to try to balance it. You find the good, you find in the things you're not happy about. It took me three years to find that balance and tip and tip the scale a little bit more in my favor. That was hard. As we was doing uh, doing the recovery, uh, of course Roger and a, a pastor friend of his had came to the hospital and. We began talking, and uh, he invited me to come and sing some with him, and um, that turned out to be a great relationship. But in the meantime, I had told my family, I said, look, I'm never getting married again. Now, that's probably grief talking, but I said, I'm not going to do it. But I also told God, I said, God... If there's somebody to come along, please let them be Christian. Somebody that will be there and will support what I'm trying to do for myself. So late 2017, that happened. Of course, there was a lot of people who wasn't real happy, was upset that like I, I jumped it. But God knew my heart, mm-hmm. and and I had to remind myself, even though I even I struggled with it, I had to remind myself I fulfill my wedding vows till death do us part. So, actually, June eighth of this year, twenty twenty two, we'll be married three years. She is a great Christian lady. We have so much in common, and. We love being on the road when we can. Now, I can't always be on the road with Roger, but, I, but I'm on the road with him as much as possible. So life has changed for me. And I, I keep telling myself I'm not going back to my old ways. I can't do that. 2017, I was ordained. And I love talking to people about, about uh, Christ um, I hope that somewhere along the line I can make a difference for them. But I've also had to remind myself too that going forward, I need to look in the, I need to look through the windshield always going forward, not look in the rearview mirror. Because if I'm looking in the re- rearview mirror, I'll never make it. I'll be, I'll go nowhere. So, a lot of regrets in my life. But what I would tell people. Uh, and it's actually a song that uh, we do, uh, Love the People That God Gives You, is take the time and love those people. There's going to be ups and downs in life, but don't, don't push those people away because you can't take back things you say. People can tell you that they forgive you, but in the back of your mind, do they ever forgive you? Because all it takes is one little mistake. And they want to tell you, oh, yeah, I figured it was just just time or he wasn't being truthful. And it, uh, And if I could talk to her today, I couldn't stop apologizing for, for being the way I was. I think this is very interesting. Uh, one of the questions I always ask people when they share their testimony, 
what was your life like before you accepted Jesus? Well, you've shared that with us. You were selfish, wasn't you? And I look at that, and now you're serving others. You go from being selfish to serving others. Uh, I can't imagine what it'd be like to lose your wife after 40 years. Uh, I've been married 46 years, and the thought of losing my wife, I'll admit, scares me to death because, well, you've seen her today. We're, we're one. I mean, <laughs> right. We're like, we're like two brains that think of one. But anyway, and now, you know, God's a loving father and he didn't want you to be alone. He provided you with a wife and now you're ordained and you're bringing other people to the Lord. You're serving him in song and ministry. Uh, I just think about what a marvelous thing God has done in your life. It's and ama- I'm, I'm sure if you could, you could tell others that you would tell them, don't waste 40 years like I did. No, no. You know, and even though you have to forgive yourself, in the back of my mind, I still live with that. And that's a hard thing. But um, it's... It, if you just know God, there's nothing better than knowing Him and knowing what He can do in your life. But you have to, you got to put trust. You got to trust Him, and you got to believe. You got to believe in Him. And you know, I'm going to be 62 years, 40 years of a messed up life that didn't have to be, but just because I chose to be who I was. Well, you're on, definitely on the right track now, aren't you? You have quite the quite the testimony there. If you was to give a piece of advice to somebody today, what would it be? Don't be me, number one. Trust God. Never take anything for granted. I took too many things for granted, and I never thought I'd be in be in the shape I that I wound up being in or being the way I was. You know, I lost everything with the death of my wife, and that's okay. I'd lose it over again and again and again to try to save her. But God had a different plan, so just do not take anything for granted. You know, the the Bible says uh, that uh, God works in mysterious ways his wonders to perform. And, you know, uh, losing your wife, you think, man, life's over. But God wasn't through with Chuck Helms. No. He had a plan beyond that. Yes. Your wife's mission was done. Right. But God wanted you to continue reaching others, loving the people you're with, and uh, being around people and God has put you in a ministry he's given you another another beautiful wife uh Rhonda Rhonda yeah and how how did you and Rhonda meet now well actually we met online her brother was one of my best friends for 30 some years and he, he never spoke about her <laughs> so now uh, that's God works in mysterious ways yes yeah go ahead tell that story so uh, she had posted uh, made a post, and I saw it. And her best friend had got married, 
and she was feeling a little down, and she said, her post was, I wonder if there's really anyone out there for me. And I, I just responded back, there's always someone for everyone. And uh, so we began talking. So that evening, we're, we're, we're talking by text, and uh, I asked her, I said, well, where do you live? And she come back with a question mark on there. Do you think I'm going to tell you where I live? <laughs> I said, well, okay. So her question was, well, where do you live? It didn't bother me to answer it. And I told her, and, we, and all of a sudden, another question mark, and, uh, and uh, we're blocking a half apart. <laughs> so... Uh, we talked, and so I asked her out, and she accepted. And from there, it was history. Wow! And yes, she is a she is a wonderful lady. Yeah. Uh, and God works in mysterious. And ways. God works in mysterious <laughs> a block and ways. A half apart. Block and then you you guys are both tied to Roger Barkley. Yes, uh, she actually was in a chorus with Roger in high school. Yeah. Um. In court, and then when I was teaching at the uh, community college uh, emergency medical technician classes, Roger's wife Diana was a secretary down there. We got to talking, and I never put it together, but she would go home and tell Roger about Chuck. He wasn't putting it together, and finally, she uh, he said, Are you talking about Chuck Helms? She said, Yes. So so we've uh, we've yeah. we've had quite an interesting way well, yeah. of getting together. Uh, yeah, that's that is quite interesting, uh, miraculous, I would call it. Yes, God, you could just see God's hands yes. working all through that right. to put you guys together because He wasn't through with wasn't Chuck Helms yet. Yes, He wasn't through with Rhonda. Right, He wanted you guys to get together. To, so that you could love the people you're with. And that's what you guys do with this ministry that you do. You go all over the country, and you share the love of God right. with everybody you come in contact with. Right. And that's what it's all about, is reaching out to others. So talk a little bit about your singing uh, ministry that you're doing right now with Roger Barkley. Um, well, we uh, did that new project back in October that came out. Yeah. Pray, I pray it forward. Uh, I pray it forward, and I wonder if somebody listening right now would like to get a copy of that. Uh, how would they do that? Well, they can uh, go on uh, rogerbarkley.com, uh, and uh, he has a site on there where it can be ordered. We have a good time together. We, uh, you know, we sing from the heart. That's the thing about it. Uh, we don't uh, we don't profess to be someone we're not, and. Uh, I tell everybody, I know I'm not the world's greatest singer, but as long as God's happy with it, that's the most important thing for me. And uh, my wife, Rhonda, she also sings with us. And, you know, we're pretty much a family group. And uh, uh, Roger tells everybody I'm his brother from another mother. And, uh, <laughs> but uh, but I, couldn't ask for a, I couldn't ask for a better a friend, a better Christian friend, and and I do consider him a brother, uh, you know, in my life today. Amen, amen. That's uh, RogerBarkleyJr. dot com, 
and you can order that CD, or uh, they got a lot of great CDs on there. So check out that website and uh, send them an email. Tell them how much you appreciate their music and their ministry. And here's another song by Roger Barkley Jr. and the Redemption Band. In a lonesome valley, the mountain looks so tall. And in a lonesome valley, to my Savior I call. And Jesus hears my cry, He's there to wipe my Yeah. 
appreciate you all uh, taking your time with me today and uh, just uh, ask both of you to continue to pray for me. We're going to continue praying for you and and uh, Rhonda and your families and your ministry. And uh, we're also going to be praying for all of our listeners out there on that old lonesome road. So, And we never like to close any program with it out asking our listeners, do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? If you died today, do you know that you know that you know that you would go to heaven? And if you don't know the answer to that, then it's as simple as a little prayer. All you have to do is pray a little simple prayer like, Lord, save me. That's it. All you got to do is ask Christ to come into your heart right now and he will save you. And if you do cry out to him and he saves you, we want to hear from you. So give us a call here at Lonesome Road Ministry. Call us at 618-383-2107. We'd love to hear from you. Yes, sir, we would. And if you'd like to uh, talk to Chuck Helms, and I know some of the uh, his, his testimony has hit a lot of, lot of people's heart. And uh, they might have some questions that they'd like to ask Chuck. Chuck, would you give your phone number out to uh, the listeners? I'd be glad to. 859-556-9404. That's 859-556-9404. There's probably somebody out there that writes as slow as I do, so I <laughs> thought we'd give a give them a chance to get that written down, and I'll probably put it on the label of this uh, CD when we put a CD out there. But uh, we are so thrilled that uh, you're listening here on Lonesome Road Ministries' new radio program and our new radio station. got uncles and cousins that battled in Vietnam. I got in-laws and outlaws, they all bled red, white, and blue. Names on the wall that spelled freedom for me and you Johnny came home with one leg from Afghanistan Jenny still loved him and she she stood by her man Air Force, Coast Guard, and Marines When we all come together Well, that's something like you've never seen I'm from the U.S. of A And I 
start our football, baseball, and NASCAR with a Saint Can You See? And I still believe in God and country. So stand up and say I'm from the U.S. of A. From the blue-collar workers To the farmers out in the fields All the firemen and policemen and those Stand behind the shield All the mamas and the daddies Out fighting for our liberty All y'all that want to burn our flag Well you gotta go from the U.S. of A. Yeah, from our house to the White House, we need to get them back to God's house and put the Ten Commandments back on display. Well, I know you can't conceive it, but if you don't like it, leave it. It wasn't your blood that bought it anyway. I'm from the U.S. of A. Oh, and I'm proud to be where we start our football, baseball, and NASCAR with those same
Roger Barkley Jr.'s I'm From the U.S. of A. And that's off of our Lonesome Road Volume 4. And you can order that off of our website, lonesomeroad.org. And here's another song off of uh, Lonesome Road Volume 4. And this is Dennis McKay. And it's I'm Driving My Life Away. This is for all you drivers out there on that old Lonesome Road.
drivers, we appreciate you letting us ride along with you in the cab. And you can contact us at 618-383-2107. Or you can log on to our website at lonesomeroad.org and check us out on the web. You can listen to all of our radio programs on our website on our broadcast from the past page. So check it out. And if you ask Jesus Christ into your heart, then give us a call and let us know. Packing up my suitcase Going to the next place It don't matter where I get to go What I do it ain't for sure I gotta tell him about his love in this world of push and shove I know I'm a little hard But I gotta tell them about my God It's the highway life for me Since Jesus set me free There's no place I'd rather be Surrounded by my family Rodeos, concert halls, churches, fairs, antique malls, barnyards, or trucks stop rolling down the blacktop, loading up and get gone, fueling up and moving on. There's no place I'd rather be. It's the highway life for me. Hotels ain't quite like home. They seem so long Sometimes I feel so run down Just trying to get to the next town Sitting here behind the wheel Sometimes it seems so unreal That he wouldn't trust me To tell what he's done for me It's the highway life for me Set me free There's no place I'd rather be Surrounded by my family At the rodeos, concert halls, churches, fairs, antique malls, barnyards or trucks Stop rolling down the blacktop Loading up and get gone, fueling up and moving on There's no place I'd rather be It's a highway life for me it's a highway life for me Since Jesus set me free There's no place I'd rather be Surrounded by my family At the rodeos, concert halls, churches, fairs, and antique malls Barnyards or trucks, stocks rolling on down the blacktop Loading up and getting gone, fueling up and moving on There's no place I'd rather be Road 
truths of life Lost without hope Eighteen wheels of lonesome At the end of the road In my hand was a track The preacher had read His words still echoing In the back of my head I felt so ashamed Hey drivers, we appreciate you letting us ride along with you in the cab. And you can contact us at 618-383-2107 or you can log on to our website at lonesomeroad.org and check us out on the web. You can listen to all of our radio programs on our website on our broadcast from the past page. So check it out. And if you ask Jesus Christ into your heart, then give us a call and let us know. Broken hearted and lonesome, so long I've been lost. I left a lifetime of misery at the foot of the tree.